Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Oh my gosh, what an incredible <laughs> start to the Formula One season. We should lock them up more often. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was incredible. This is John Massengill, that was Jonathan Green. Bless Kaiser's in the studio yeah. at his house, like we all are, and Dave O'Neill is with us as well. But man, we are so excited because that was an incredible race to start the Formula One season. And I, I just I've actually called up to the to the top floor of the studio here and said to the bosses, we need another hour. We're going to go two hours. OK, not really. But we need two hours because there was an unbelievable amount of action. We had what, nine cars didn't finish the race. Unbelievable. Pretty, pretty impressive for a, for a comeback weekend. I've had more notes than I've ever had. It's great. A lot of good stories. Um, I'm wondering, though, Dave, is that sort of attrition rate because of the lack of time on track or lack of sheer laps i think some of it you 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 probably got to swing towards um like the brake failure i mean we don't know what failed um they they said it was the the disc or the rotor um and then we've had wheels fall off um you would have thought there's enough time to practice over the 12 weeks on that side but again could have been a mechanical failure with the um the nut or the axle there um Punches, a um, lot of uh, power unit uh, failures as well, with um, Verstappen being the, the biggest one in particular. Um, shame, really, because I thought um, that, that would have been a good uh, punch up up the front there. Um, right. And then the, the Renault um, and the Williams as well with the Mercedes. So three of the uh, engine manufacturers having problems there. Um, but yeah, very interesting race. Yeah, well, let me run down the finishing order here because Botas went wire to wire. And after all the penalties, I'm just going to run down the final running order here. So it was Botas wins, Leclerc second, Lando Norris on the podium, Lewis Hamilton after his five-second penalty, Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Antonio Giovinazzi in ninth, and Vettel in tenth, wrapping up the points. Then it was Latifi in 11th. And then that was the last finishing car. Kvyat, Albon, Raikkonen, Russell, Grosjean, Magnussen, Stroll, Ricardo, and Verstappen all did not finish the race. But, you know, right towards the end of the race, let's talk about the five-second penalty for Lewis Hamilton. I think that was well-deserved. But, Dave, for one, you were you were arguing with me a little bit right before we went on the air. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, it, it's, it's close. It's a close call. We've seen calls like that being given and not given in the past. Um I, I think that, you know, Lewis had his line. Um, he also had momentum through the corner. Um, and I, in my opinion, it was, um, it, I don't know, the, the penalty probably wasn't, wasn't, in my opinion, where it should have been. Um, if you look at the, the final closing laps where Norris went up the inside of um, Perez, uh, mm. th- that was more of a, a harpoon move there for me. And, um, but, but again, you know, it, it's difficult to say. Um, what's going on there. But anyway, long and short of it, Hamilton's got the penalty and it's put him down in fourth place um, and mixed it up. I, I think I had uh, Alban not spun round because you can have incidents where they literally just touch and bounce. I think uh, all bets were off at that point. If Alban had continued forward um, without spinning, I don't think they would have given him the penalty. Like I, I agree with David. It, it was a bit close. Um, and it's a shame, but um, I felt for Alban because I thought it was a great move. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was the saddest thing is that having Alban and, you know, the television commentators had it right, is that he was seeing so aggressive. He was. But you know what? I, I think I would rather see my driver doing that. What about you, Dave? Absolutely. Yeah. You, you don't get any uh, places by staying in the same place. So um, you got to have a go. And I, I think he had a fantastic race. You know, he showed he showed he's he's worth his money and he's in the right team. Um, it's going to be good value, I think. Hey, we saw a similar move. We saw a similar move with Carlos Sainz and um, and uh, Lando Norris. No, I think it was Perez when Lando Norris did basically the same thing to Sergio Perez on the inside and got away with it as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, on the uh, the Hamilton interference there, I think the only argument that Mercedes could come back with is. He already had he had so much momentum going that he couldn't turn in any sharper. He was already on a race line, and halfway through the course, when he saw the left wheel or the wheel ahead of him, that he couldn't have made it. He he just had to carry the momentum. I think that's really the only argument that they would have. Mm. Hey, speaking of wheels, what about Kimi Raikkonen's wheel? It looked like. Uh, I was actually uh, on Twitter right before it happened. I'm assuming that was just a wheel nut that wasn't tightened tightened in the pits. Is that right? Is that what y'all think? Yeah, I think, I think the um, the the wheel got placed, um, and then it could have been cross threaded. And what typically happens there is um, the nuts are aluminium uh, in most cases, um, and it will go tight. Um, and then you know you've got two seconds to make it, or you've got half a second to make a decision. So. Wheel, wheel off, wheel on, nut on, and um, you can feel it. I've done it myself. Um, you can feel it when it goes tight. And then what happens from that point is once the gun has achieved its torque, there's a sensor on the gun. So if you can imagine both axles, so the left front um, it, it had done its job, the right front had done its job, it achieved its torque. And then what happens from that point is it sends a signal to the jack at the front and then the jack at the front gets dumped. It's got um, a hydraulic system on it. Um, so the car was dumped, the traffic light went to green, and the car exited. Um, you'll probably see quite a hefty penalty um, handed out for, for that. Probably, I don't know, guessing 50,000 euros for that. Um, it's dangerous, obviously. Wheels flying across the, uh, the circuit while, while everyone's out racing. But again, no one really means to do that. It's just it's a hiccup that happens in the system, and they'll go back and update the software in the in the um, pit stop equipment so do you think the gun guy had no uh, couldn't tell at all in other words the sensor went off it said i've got my torque that i need and that you don't think the gun guy knew because he probably would have said something and reckon it wouldn't have been full speed yeah i mean that that system in particular i don't know anything about i can only speak to about the system that i know but once you've achieved the torque, it's like, um, you know, when you lock your front door with the key, you know, when you've turned it um, full, fully all the way around, you go, yep, that's locked type thing. It's really as simple as that. Um, it depends how experienced the guy is. So when it does cross thread, the sound or the feel is slightly different. So he might have, he might have known that it cross threaded and there's, there's different scenarios within, within that um, procedure in the pit. So, the one we had at Haas was you do your hands like that, which which means that the you, you have a problem. You haven't got any time to communicate apart from a signal. And then from that point, it's down for the pit wall to which which is normally my call to um to stop the car. Um and then that's when you, you have to pull it back and, and put things right. So I haven't actually seen what what happened in the pits there. Um so I didn't see any of the body language and, and what went on. But when when we have another look at it, you could probably see what unfolded um, on that side. Mm. Could have been a faulty piece of equipment, but not normally because everything goes through inspection before it comes to the circuit, um, before it gets used. So, mm. yeah, it'd be okay. interesting. Okay. Uh, any of you betting in Vegas, who would have bet on a Botas Leclerc Norris podium? How about that, guys? <laughs> pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool to say the least. Hey John, uh, let's let's get our driver's eye view. What did Spike? What did you think of the? Uh, well, ultimately, what did you think of the Alban um, move? Um, do you think it was fair? 
Uh, I think it was a good pass by him, uh, or I should say almost pass. Um, I believe Hamilton should have given him just a little bit more room. Um, I don't think Alvin really came back across the track or done, had done anything like that because it looked like he was all the way out on the curb. Um, and you're supposed to give uh, a full car what's between the white lines. Um, so it's, um, it's a bit controversial, but um, I think uh, Hamilton got the penalty he deserved, um, which is unfortunate for him and unfortunate for Albon as well. No one really wants to see an incident like that. Yeah, I, I, you know, I can see it both ways. I, it just in the moment, I thought that it looked like actually in the first replay. When I first saw the replay, I said, "That's that's on Hamilton." And honestly, I'm glad the way that it turned out that way because I think you could have gone either way with it, and it makes for a better, better end result and and more excitement for the rest of it. So, all right. So, Spike Colbecker, you he's our driver guest. What about what's your take overall in this race i mean unbelievable from a you know excitement and action standpoint what do you think i think the time off uh really made a difference uh with the teams and the um say the cars and the motors and the 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 testing that they were able to do it has really affected um the the car i should say because there's many many failures of cars and I mean, look at Haas. They both had brake failures, according according to them. Um, and that's that's definitely a, a lack of uh, testing and um, figuring out those minor details. And, uh, and, and people were saying, yeah, this is just the first race of the year, but it's a no-drop championship. So um, and if I was them, I'd be getting their stuff figured out and uh, get it set for next race weekend. Well, you know, I... I think one thing that came into play, it wasn't real pretty. Some of those pit stops, remember, they've had to make adjustments for the COVID situation and the scenario that's rolling out right now. I think that came into play. Dave, what did those pit stops look like to you uh, sitting near seat? Um, from the ones I've seen, it, I, I, I know as soon as the lockdown had, um, had finished, um, all, the, all the teams were in and they were doing pit stop practice in the in the workshops and and outside of the workshops as well some of the cars have um, like small small engines in they drive around the the car parks at, at the factories um, and practice but there's nothing like the real thing you know it's um, having a car coming coming towards you at 60 k's or whatever the speed limit was today is um, is one thing um, and then having to manage a hot wheel um, when they do all the practices at the workshop, they're cold, you know? Um, so you've got the hot wheel, you've got um, all the other elements, the noise um, that goes into it. So I think they're okay. It, it's not as if they don't practice, um, but the only real practice you get is on the Sunday afternoon um, yeah. and you have to be the best. So. Hey Dave, I got another question for you. Mercedes kept talking about in the race, about telling the drivers stay off the curbs, stay off the curbs, and they did it to a pretty urgent level. But they kept talking about this transmission sensor. What do you think that was? And I mean, I can't even imagine all the different sensors in an F1 car. But what do you think that was? That what kind of sensor? And you know, a, between the engine transmission or something? Yeah, it sounded to me. Um, so what happens on F1 cars is you, you normally have a default sensor as well. So for argument's sake. We're talking about the gear pot sensor i think they were referring to during the race um one of them probably went um default zero um and then they had the other one that they had to bring into the system so that, that's the other thing when just sorry to go off in a bit of a tangent with the hamilton penalty he could have been managing this this pot problem that he had or the gear sensor problem so he might have been doing something on the steering wheel i know professional drivers and everything but once, once you're trying to manage that or nurse the car home, um, that, that's another um, part of it, which could have been why Hamilton didn't give the, the space required. He is a fair driver. Um, but yeah, going back to, to that sensor, they were both managing this, this gear pot sensor. Um, and as we talked about at the beginning of the show, it's quite a tough circuit. So all the curbs you rattle over um, do, do tend to shake things around. Um, and of course, the testing they've done is in Barcelona. Um, it's a pretty smooth circuit. You don't really use um, 
you know, a bunch of curb like you do in, in Austria. So they'll have to go back to the drawing board, see what, you know, why the, why the sensor got shaken around so much, whether it needs AV mounting, whether it's getting hot, um, it could be knocking on something. Um, but it sounds, if it was one car, it'd be different, but both cars, it sounds like maybe a mounting issue or a thermal, thermal issue. So they had to manage that. Um, they were, you could see on the pit wall, they were pretty nervous about that, having a one-two go away from them. Um, and um, when James Vowles had to get involved and tell them to stay off the curbs, it putting two and two together, it sounded like it was some form of vibration issue that was knocking the pot out. So, And it's supposed that it could even be, a, you know, it's a whole new season, everything's new setup. It could be a sensor that's not placed properly or something. I mean, I, you know, we've got all this shaking around, so it, it might not have even been an issue, but I'd have done the same thing if I'm Mercedes. You've got a big lead. Don't risk it. But let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll continue our discussion of the amazing start to the Formula One season. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hello to everyone, this is Gunter Steiner, this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I'm sure the Netflix boys have a microphone on Mr. Steiner <laughs> after today's race. <laughs> hey, yeah. I, Dave, Dave O'Neill, I want to get your opinion on that, but we got a caller on the line. Let's take that. We have Mike from South Carolina. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Oh, I'm just having a great day listening to Formula One. All right. It's back, baby. It's back. So what'd you think? Yes, I, well, let me say this first. I tried to watch the virtual uh, after about three laps. I couldn't do it. Didn't watch anything. I'd watch reruns of old. I'd watch reruns of old races, but uh, I say I really enjoyed it. I'm always pulling for an underdog. Anyone that's not out there just doing it every time. So Botas is a favorite if he's able. I like to see that. I always love watching Kimmy, and uh, <laughs> yeah. using my XM radio. And uh, I travel for a living. I drive uh, uh, one of those large trucks with a bunch of vehicles on it out of Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hauling the Corvette all over America. Oh, very, very nice. So, so last, last, last night was really entertaining. Oh, my gosh. Yes, they won. The, the C8 Corvette won. I couldn't believe it, yeah. man. I saw that. What, yeah, it was the, late, late o'clock, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the first effort and their 100th uh, Corvette win. It yeah. was really, really good. 
Oh, that's great. Well, I've had a couple of those vehicles that you've been driving around. So that's awesome, man. That's very cool. (laughs) I wish I could have one, but I do get to put them on and take them off. (laughs) Uh, Well, Mike, that's great. Well, who's your your favorite Formula One? Yeah. Favorite still active would have to be Kimmy. You know, I know what I'm doing. (laughs) I know what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I know that that is not right. (laughs) <laughs> I loved it when he, uh, what, race or two later, he hits the uh, side road, goes down there, turns around, comes back. And I was just thinking, yes, tell him, you know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got this. Uh, yes. Well, Mike, you were about uh, to say the today, race today. Yeah. The race today, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, again, I had to leave the house on my way back from this COVID thing. We're gonna, we're, we're, we started shipping two weeks ago, but I, I'm on my way back to Kentucky from Carolina and was able to see like the, the first six laps at the house. And then I tuned in the XM. And the race, the part that really thrilled me <laughs> that I thought was really going to be ironically, if that's the correct word, or funny, is that after a five-second penalty, Hamilton's still going to be on the podium. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I thought that was pretty good. And then it turns as it, as it did and did and did. And on the, on the penalty, I will say, and you guys brought this up, had they been able to continue as they were as a racing incident. But when that guy knocked, got knocked out and then was already hate, taking third, going for second, I think he had a chance to fight for the win. Yep. Yeah. No. Yep. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so, so that was, you know, when he when he uh, was taken out that way, then the penalty needed to be uh, imposed. That's me on it. So, where are you guys based out of? We're based out of Austin, Texas, Texas, right down the road a piece from Circuit of the Americas. Austin. That's why yes, the Stevie sir. Ray is in your is in your uh, break time. <laughs> yeah, you know it. I was down there. I, I, I stood by and got the statue and me in the picture. And then what, a two or three winter or some years later, we found out exactly why he said the sky is crying because the statue was in water. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty crazy. Hey, Mike, well, thanks I a lot, did, buddy. I did, I did get my only F1 race was in Austin at Circuit of America's. And I'm my my on my bucket list is I want to see uh, South the Southwest someday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, maybe after COVID. Mike, thanks a lot, buddy. Appreciate you calling in. What What's left besides motorsports? Rock and roll and barbecue. (laughs) There you go. You guys have a great one. All right. Thanks, (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Mike. Mike, (laughs) Oh, that's great, (laughs) Donna. I'm surprised you didn't ask him to make a a version to Austin with his current load. I know, man, that the C8 is definitely on my list, guys, for sure. Hey, um, I want to ask Dave O'Neill about, uh, we just had somebody text at us and say, how many years are we going to have brake issues with Haas? I mean, oh, I know. yeah. I, what do you think about that, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it's, one of the things when, you, when you're sitting back, um, as I'm finding now, um, you know, I've been racing since I was 15, um, and when you when you look and analyze things after the race, until you've actually seen um, everything that has has gone on behind the scenes, um, typically in Formula One, you never have the same problem again. You just can't. So um, there's things underlying there. You know, it could be the vibration um, from from going over the curbs. One Grosjean spun a couple of times. I think he also went through the gravel. So you've got carbon carbon brakes on there. Um, if you get stones down the, the inlet duct um, in the brake cooling, you could have a stone go into the inside of the cooling vents and that could make the, the disc explode. Um, and then Magnuson's one, it just purely looked looked from the outside. Um, he, he was hard on the brakes going into turn one um, and the disc exploded. I don't know what happened before that. I don't know if he went off or picked up any debris. Um, probably not really coincidental that both of them had it, but... It'd be interesting to see why why the rotor or the pad or what or the disc bell. You know, it could have been the disc bell, which is a titanium or an aluminium piece or aluminium piece that bolts the uh, the disc together. Um, that could have failed. You could have had um, uh, one of the bolts break. It might not have been the disc. So we, until we've seen the 
the end of it uh, or the report at the end of it, it's difficult to say what actually went wrong. But my my guess would be um, some form of debris went down um, down the brake ducts on the Grosjean one, uh, and the Magnuson one. I would have thought is is a different uh, different kettle of fish. Yeah. All right. Well, it's good to have your insight. Hey, we got a couple of callers on the line. Let's go to uh, let's go to George from Virginia. Hey, George, what do you think of the race? I thought it was fantastic, gentlemen. At first, um, I hope after all this, you and your families are safe and doing well. Um, we haven't spoken in a while, so I definitely want to um, extend that to everyone associated yeah. with the program. Thanks, George. Um, as crazy as it sounds, it was a fascinating race to watch. It was obvious that um, the cars weren't at their peak um um, um, there was some rust, but it was some exciting racing. I was, I'm very excited for McLaren. That's a, I mean, that really is a comfort behind story. And Lawson all this before his DNF was, um, I'm the Williams driver. I mean, he, he, he was, I think as high as maybe, I think he was maybe in a top 10 or, or 12, um, before he, his DNF. I've never, I mean, I'm sure. You know, people will, you know, cite races. I've never seen so many DNFs in yeah. F1 race. I mean, mechanical in like forever. And I've been watching it off and on since like 78. But wow, that's all I can say is I can't wait till next week. <laughs> George, you're a right. You, you've been on the show before, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, they try to get me to Austin, but, you know, events just, just keep coming in away. Yeah, I know. I, I, I'm worried about how many races we're going to get in. What's your guesstimate? Well, if they stay, if they stay in Europe, I don't think it's going to be a problem. But I'm look. I don't even. I don't even see any of the professional leagues in America finishing their season. I know. Yeah. So I mean, if, if college football and all that cancels, I don't think it's going to be an F1 race in the U.S. And it may not be one in Canada, but um, it's 50-50 right now. But look, it's Mexico, crazy. Yeah. I'd say just have multiple races in Europe. Just maybe just, just look, we're going to cancel Brazil, whatever, whatever. We just have like three or four tracks and just have multiple races. Because right now, you just the, 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 the spread of the virus in other areas is just, it's just the spikes. It's not justified having the races, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. What do I do? George, I remember you calling. I hope y'all, your family's doing well now. The, uh, I wanted to ask you, because we've talked about the pros and cons of this reverse grid topic. Uh, I know you talk math a lot. What do you think about the reverse grid idea? Uh, it's crazy. I, I, don't, I, don't have a, I don't have an opinion on it. Um, I, think, I think F1 is... Right now, they have so many balls in the air. Right now, some teams have, I mean, are going to remain solvent. And I know y'all touched on it, and I'm not ducking the question. I don't think Haas is going to be around next year. Yeah. I mean, I don't see that team progressing. And I don't know the financial situation, but you can't justify, anybody who's been in business, you can't justify those losses. I, I think that's not their top priority to answer your question. Like I said, I don't really have an opinion on it, but I'm not against it, and I'm not so much for it. I just think right now we're looking at a sport that, like anything else, is trying to, you know, get its revenue legs under it. But I saw McLaren's situation. I thought McLaren was untouchable financially. Yeah. But people aren't, but people aren't buying cars around the world. And I think a lot of people are going to forget this, but at the end of the day, everybody, F1 is set up to move cars. <laughs> and if people yeah, aren't absolutely. buying cars, it's going to trickle down. It's going to trickle down from the F1. So that's my. I mean, I wish I had a better answer. I just think they, no, that's have, a good other, answer. they have bigger fish to fry than that. Um, the only positives I've seen is 2021 can't get here fast enough. <laughs> but I think it's going to be a shakeout. I think it's going to be a shakeout. I see maybe two teams not being there, Haas and maybe Williams. And that's going to be a shame if that happens. 
Well, we don't want that to happen. Absolutely. But uh, George, thank you, buddy. Great to hear your voice. I appreciate you calling in and glad you enjoyed the race. It was a fantastic one. All right, guys. Well, we do need to go to break. And we, don't forget, we've got our, our we've got Dave O'Neill with us, of course, for the season. But we also got a, a driver guest. We've got uh, Spike Kolbecker on the line. So stick with us through the break. We'll continue our discussion about the Formula One season opener at Austria. Back after these messages. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. At Circle Brewing, the belief is less is more when it comes to brewing a better beer. You won't find any chemicals or additives, only water, malt, hops, and yeast, and absolutely nothing else. Just simple ingredients and outstanding taste. It's German purity with Texas ingenuity. Find the brews on tap all over town, in your favorite store, or drop by the tap room at 2340 West Breaker Lane. Open Thursday and Friday nights and weekends. Log on to circlebrewing.com. Circle Brewing Company. Born, bred, and brewed in Texas. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We're going to dig into a little bit more to that Haas F1 staying or not staying in the sport with Dave O'Neill. But we got a couple of callers. And Andy P., hold on a minute, buddy, because we got Rick from Rhode Island. Rick, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, Dave, how are you? Very good, Rick. Very good. <laughs> uh, Dave and I go back a ways. We took the uh, Ferrari 310D over to Goodwood, and uh, David and I uh, – uh, got the team together and, and, and took the car over there in about six months, wasn't it, Dave? Which was a miracle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that's a bucket list item and destination. Yeah. 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 That's nice. It was, uh, it was, it was something else. Um, but, I, I mean, what a race today. I mean, I was watching this thing, and I was like, and I was like, you know, here we go again. It's Mercedes is gonna <laughs> is gonna win everything, and then every, the whole race started falling apart. And um, you know, I just my question is to all of you, and I think it's an ongoing question that's been you know throughout the history of F1, um, but now more that technology is really playing such a huge role in Formula One racing is how much do you put on the actual driver himself, you know, to win, you know, to win races and get podiums. Um, it just seems like it's the technology these days that is the differentiation point between all of these teams. And, and I can't wait, hopefully when they make these changes in F1, it was supposed to be next year, but I guess it'll be the following year because of the virus. It'll be really, really interesting to see 
how these teams match up once there's, you know, somewhat of, of a level playing field. And I know there's some debate about that currently about that, but I just wanted your guys' take on that. Hmm. Go, Jonathan. I want, yeah. I've heard you talk about this. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 there's no question that the driver's job has become more and more technical as the years have gone on. If I go back to when I started following Formula One back in the 70s, you know, it was Nigel Mansell dragging a, a poor car around and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, of course, it's got more and more technical. I mean, you just have to look at the racing wheel, uh, the, you know, the, the steering wheel, and then add DAS to it with Mercedes. So there's a lot, there's a lot rides on his decisions. But also, as you notice in that race, there's a lot of things that are totally out of their hands. And, and you know, I, I don't like it when I hear engineers saying, you know, we're dumbing it down or we're, you know, we're, we're going to like when we heard um, Hamilton saying, I, I want to go quicker. Um, and it's like, well, we're going to turn you both down. And the commentators said, well, they're not going to slow them down, but they are going to be a bit more cautious. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a big fan. I, I, I want to see racing drivers drive because they bring a lot to the table. And in the end, when it is, if you've got them all in a go-kart, you'd see which one is the best one because because there isn't anything to help them, as it were. And there is a big difference between the haves and the have-nots if you compare Mercedes and Williams of a day. Um, but that's just my take. I, I'd like to see more driver input. And look at the stories that we talked about right at the end, at start, top of the show. Lewis Hamilton, what did the move he make? Was it legal? Was it not? And then the same thing with Lando Norris. I mean, th- to me, that's what really makes it exciting yes i love the technology as much as anybody in the world but the driver's input uh i mean that that's what makes this sport all motorsports in my mind worth watching what what about you guys dave and les i'm gonna say uh certainly i love the technology and you know that's that's been an ongoing debate is formula one is the top development of technology that's one of the nasa astronauts or so into it that's why the engineers from nasa are so into it and the f1 engineers are having fun with the nasa guys it's the mm-hmm. utmost in technology from a driver's standpoint rick i'd rather see a six-speed stick shift getting stirred manually <laughs> with three pedals on the floor and, and that but that's not what formula one is as much as i want to do that myself uh it's the technology i don't want to see the car making decisions i don't want to see computerized decisions being handled in the car for the driver. That's kind of where I stick and, and it can be defined in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you guys 100%. I mean, just going back to when Dave and I took the Ferrari over to Goodwood, I mean, just getting that car running and and Robbie Kerr was our driver in that car and, and seeing what he had to do to keep it running and, and hearing a, a V10 scream down, you know, the uh, the hill at Goodwood, is just something I wish they would bring back and more manual input versus, you know, drive by, you know, by computer and, and having crew chiefs, you know, it's it just, it's sometimes it's frustrating, but obviously seeing technology that eventually makes it into modern day cars and things like that is really exciting. But I think for the purists like myself, you know, it's about, you know, throttle and clutch and gear changes and the, and the smell of gasoline and all of those great things and the inherent danger that comes with all of that. And in having drivers make, you know, split decisions, you know, to win a race, you know, uh, in, in some of these penalties that we see in, in modern F1 to me is just a shame. It, it takes, it, it, it makes these guys more complacent and, and kind of ties their hands, you know. I think that's why Verstappen is, is such a great breath of fresh air to see him just race really hard. And, and to be honest, watching, you know, Lewis Hamilton, you know, try to eat up a little bit of the racing surface so so the guy can't make the pass. I mean, I think for us as fans, I mean, that's what makes, makes it exciting. And in, in the drivers, you know, to me, you know, are everything. You know, I mean, nothing to take away from these great modern cars, but I mean, me personally, I love the the driver input, and you know, it's just the greatest when you see that kind of racing. You know, this this is also a discussion that goes straight to road cars too, because my son and I were talking about cars fast, this cars, but you know what? All cars are fast. Fast has become ubiquitous. You know, Tesla is the fastest car, quickest car on the planet, but you know, Formula One. What if we start moving backwards a little bit, Jonathan? You've talked about it. How how we you know race horse racing is an example, but 
you know, in, in a decade or so, it's like all the technology is going to be so high. Maybe we start moving back to three pedals and stick shifts like you like less. And maybe, maybe, you know, I don't, and you know, how many people, if you ask pole Formula One, they'd want to go back to V10s or, or multiple cylinders or whatever. I, I just think this could be a direction that could happen and, and uh, the, with the change in, in the automobile industry. Yeah, I mean, as you know, I do Trans Am and um, we call it pure racing because it is just that. It's pure muscle cars, no, no added input. And people like Rafa Matos, who've been at the high end of IndyCar racing, love it. Uh, you know, Connor Daly said, oh, I, love, I, I, want to, I want to go at that because it is just that. It's you and your butt against and a lot of, a lot of engine. And it sounds good. It feels good. It, go, it creates good racing. And I don't know. Um, it, it, it's... Um, you know, it's a, it's very different to uh, to single seaters, but Formula One is very different than any other form of motorsport. And as, as Les alluded to, it's it's NASA like in its approach to technology. Yeah. Hey, Rick, who's your uh, who's your guy on in Formula One right now? Well, I'm 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 friends with Zach Brown, so uh, I try to root for Zach. It was great to see them get a podium today. I mean, I just texted him a few minutes ago, and he couldn't be more excited. But in my heart, I've always been a Ferrari guy, so I always root for Ferrari. Um, but having friends in the sport, I you know I try to root for you know the people that I know, and I wish them well. But I believe Ferrari red, and I always have so. Uh, that'll always be my uh, my team. All right, Rick. I'm and sitting in my that... garage. I don't have anything cool like a Ferrari. What's in your garage? <laughs> well, I just traded in uh, my Maserati. So during the coronavirus, so I'm waiting for this oh. to all be over so I can get something something fun. So, but right now, my in my driveway is a Data Asai road bike, which I'm getting ready to go out and do 25 miles on. So, and Dave's a big cyclist too. So we share that in common. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, Rick, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. I'm glad you. Yeah. Thanks, man. To say hi to Dave. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'll talk to you later, Dave. Cheers, Rick. Take care. Cheers, buddy. Hey, you know, we got another day. caller on the line. We missed asking Spike the key question. We always ask. Them. I know. I know. We did. We Spike, we'll, we know. We'll, we know we've got time. Answer. We got time. But hold on. But let's get another caller. We got Andy P holding on the on the call. We don't want to. Who's keep jumping up and down in orange? I'm I sure. know. I know. Andy P, welcome back to the show. <laughs> I called earlier, but I had to catch my breath after that one. I think I literally did wake up my neighbor's um doing my ghastly impression from brazil last year oh there you go that's that's great how about your boy lando norris unbelievable right tremendous that last lap and you've never he'd never shown that before you know and and jonathan we've talked about it you identified this kid from the toyota racing series however many years ago it was Mm. and this kid's got the goods and the car is coming together. It's, it's going to be really, really exciting for the next couple of years. I, I am beyond thrilled. Like I said, I, I had to catch my breath. I, Andy, thrilled. I've got another one from the Toyota series. His name is Spike Kulbecker. <laughs> I'm not going to forget that name, that's for sure. <laughs> good. See, told you. It's good told you Spike. <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's a good catchy name, and I, that helps me with marketing a lot. I'll bet. <laughs> So, Andy, can they sustain it? That's the question. Is this is this McLaren now stepping forward? They've got 150 million behind them. They borrowed. Um, they're trying to right the ship. Is this back back to back to where we expect McLaren to be? And can they maintain it? I mean, I certainly would like to think so. I mean, they're going to have a Mercedes power unit coming in next year. They've got yeah. the permission to marry that power unit into the chassis the way that they want. Um, the, the, the boardroom issues seem to have been kind of resolved finally um, so that hopefully the next step is going to be, I think, for them, they need to get a major some major sponsorship backing. If they can do that, they can actually start to pay down some of the debt that they've taken on and, and, and move themselves forward. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm hoping that this is the start of really good times for a team that's been through a lot in the last 10 years um, yeah. to, to come back to the front. I agree, Andy. I, you know, I, I am a big fan of the Haas F1 team because they're American team, but McLaren with such the name and right now with Lando Norris, I'm, I'm 
unabashedly big fan of his too. I'm really excited to see them doing well. And I really, and, and look, it's just good for the sport too. A big name like McLaren and with all the history, it's fantastic for the sport. Yeah, if we could get a, a big four or even big five, I mean, I'm actually very encouraged to see what Racing Point's been doing. Um, you know, you're going to have more races like this where you don't know what's necessarily going to happen. If somebody's got to catch the Mercedes in front, you know, on pure pace. But, you know, this is why you run races. You don't run it in a laboratory. Yeah. Hey, what about the move that Lando made? Up? I guess it was Perez right there at the end. What did you think about that, Andy? He was extremely lucky not to get damaged because I saw Perez turn in on him and they, they queued to the camera right as the collision happened. And my first thought was, oh, no, you know, let's not have a tire fail or a suspension fail. So once he kind of got through that and you could see that the car was okay, I was like, okay. <laughs> it was a big lunge, though. Yeah, he did come from a far way back. So, I mean, but it was a move that it, if he doesn't do that, he nowhere near gets the time gap down in order to finish on the podium. So, um, right. but I think he'd established enough of a position to, to lay claim to the inside corner. And Perez had the whole outside of the rest of that corner if he wanted to steer clear. So right. it, was, it was close, tight racing, but, you know, a, a, in my opinion, a clean move by Lando. All right. Hey, Andy, we got to go to break, buddy. Thank you so much for tuning in and calling in and congratulations on your team doing so well. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. All right, thanks. thanks. All right, guys, let's go to let's go to break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion, and uh, we'll continue that, and also get some more input from Dave O'Neill of the Haas F1 team. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after break. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky, the source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing, windingroadracing.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Not a happy camper, Max. No. 
to happen after today. Wow. Yeah. I would not uh, want to be in the back of uh, that trailer when he was coming back there ripping his helmet off. Hey, um, I know we said we we're going to go to Dave O'Neill to uh, talk about Haas F1, but before we do, we have another caller. I've got to get callers on because what a fantastic race today. We got Sean. Sean, welcome to Speed City. Hey, thanks, guys. Uh, listener out here in uh, San Diego. Um, oh, cool. wanted to call in and uh, say that you touched on the subject of how the technology was maybe taken away from the drivers. And yep. this was something I did a college presentation on you know, back in the 90s. And it was how nice. traction control, ABS, and active suspension had become so prominent that it was taking away from what the drivers were doing. And I don't think we've gotten there yet, but I think it definitely can't happen. And I think the results from all that technology, all of a sudden, when you took it away, we lost a couple drivers. And, you know, either they lost their lives or, or destroyed their careers because the cars were driving for them in a sense. And when they took that away, they couldn't handle the speed. And, uh, you know, it's, we lost some good drivers because of it. Hmm. hadn't thought about that angle of it. But, I mean, obviously the, the sport is – incredibly safe the cars are safe when i when i say that now i think of alonzo's crash two years ago i mean watching that you, you feel like the car was just the only thing that saved him there was nothing he could do but but that's a, that's a good point and um i i think that we you know we have to put safety first but we got to have good racing i think i think we got to be good driving uh, and it's yeah. got to be where the driver still is the difference is the x factor but uh yeah hey Love the show, guys. Been uh, seen the race in Austin a couple times. Uh, I went oh. to the Buxton Bash back in 2017. That was just a a phenomenal time. So um, just love the opportunity to get to go to that. But uh, you guys are doing a great job. All right. Well, thanks a lot. We appreciate you calling, Sean. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. All right. Well, our couple of callers back, we had somebody talking about that they didn't think that, uh, I think it was George saying that uh, that Haas F1 would stay in. Dave, uh, you know, wasn't that long ago you were there. What do you think about that question? Um, I, well, I think it's, I mean, the, we know the people that are struggling because it's it's out in the media um, straight away. So you, there's no there's no hiding place. You've got Williams and, and McLaren. Um but from my side of it, with my experience with Haas, um, there was no debt ran up when I was there. Um, and everything that was bought when we started the team was paid for. You know, there wasn't any credit lines, et cetera. No one will give us credit to set up a Formula One team. You just don't do that. Um, so, I mean, in my opinion, Gene will, Gene will carry on doing it as long as he wants to do it. Um, and now with the budget caps coming in, I think that's going to be an, um, an interesting dimension to formula one um and how how more secure um we can make the the teams we don't want any teams to fall out um they're good good names they're good brand names um they they build up the junior the junior drivers to be able to put into the the top three teams um a good revenue stream and we need 10 11 teams on the grid um so it's run properly there um Gunter does a fantastic job um and in my opinion, um, as long as as long as Gene's selling machines and he's happy, um, he'll carry on going racing in Formula One. It's more of an addiction as well, I would say, um, to to keep that going. I can't see any reason to to stop. Um, we don't hear about their money money troubles because they haven't got any. So it's it's down to Gene. Long and short of it, I would have thought. Yeah, Dave. Let me ask you a question then. Um... You mean you were involved in Marussia, and I mean, you know, Caterham's gone by the way, side, Virgin, and so on. Um, back in the days, Bernie, Bernie never, you know, would never look at it as a, as his problem. Whereas I feel, I feel that Liberty might might step up in some way to help bail out a team like Williams for for that reason alone. Um, do you agree with that, or am I being too too sort of, um, I don't know, th- philanthropic? <laughs> Yeah. Um, and again, you know, it's all case by case basis. So my take on the Williams side is it was this fantastic team, um, you know, back in the eighties, nineties, when Sir Frank was, was running it and still kind of does a little bit now, but 
um, if you have to be brutally honest, they missed the um, they missed the curve in 2010 when the when the new um, the new way of of operating should have come in like the way has to do it. Um, which is to buy as much as you can off the shelf. They were up to five, six, seven hundred people, um, and they didn't they didn't downsize. As we all know, it's easier to spend to spend more, and then to spend less is harder. Um, so I think Williams made a mistake there, similar with McLaren. Um, they need to reduce the headcount. The biggest expense in any Formula One team is the headcount. Um, so um, that, that's, that's definitely the side that they, they need to reduce. When it comes to handouts, um, I don't think we get anything for free. I think if there was, um, if there was getting the money earlier um, that they were due, um, I would have thought Liberty Media would do that. The other thing Bernie kind of used to do was um, lend you enough money so he owned you, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> Liberty, Liberty play that game um, and of course they don't want a, a name like Williams out of it one of the most no. successful Grand Prix teams in the in the living history um, I shouldn't, certainly wouldn't want them out but they need to change their, their business model and they probably are it's just not um, it's not common knowledge I, I got an idea why don't we get let's call up call up Gunther and say we're going to get Tesla to sponsor a young Spike Kohlbecker yeah and get an American in an, an American team with an American sponsor and get Elon Musk to write that check. How do you, how's that sound, Spike? That would be actually really amazing. And <laughs> I would be uh, pretty happy just to meet. Um, <laughs> is that Elon or Elon? Elon, yep. I, yeah. Elon. Okay, yeah. I've uh, I've seen some of his cars and I'm quite impressed with his Tesla Roadster that hasn't been released yet. But um, <laughs> The rocket powered yeah, that- one. Hey, yeah, Spike, the I one got that... Spike Go how do you, how, what do you get involved, involved with in data now? Because you've gone up the ranks from Formula Ford to now, you know, to Formula Four. Do, I mean, how hard is it working with an engineer now? Not for the first time, but getting to, you know, getting to trust that as you go up. You know, it's really, really important to trust your engineer. Um, I trust my engineer, my mechanic and my team owner. Uh, a lot. And uh, this, this past weekend we had at, uh, at Mid-Ohio is, is very, very important for me to trust them because we're intermediate between rain and uh, dry. And uh, we were on the radio talking and um, having it, it, very important conversations because, I mean, we we're saying wets or dries. And um, other than that, uh, the, the data uh, with Tim Neff, my engineer, he's a, a very good guy. And um, he, uh, he uh, runs the show with all the adjustments and um, he does all the hard work as I like to say. And, uh, but I, I really like working with him and the, the data is uh, a very uh, key important part in uh, any types of racing. Hey Dave, you were about to say something, we cut you off. I oh, know. I was just, I was going to say the, you know, the, what we were talking about earlier about F1 and how many, um, how many systems you've got in place and how many systems they cancelled out. And the Formula One's all about innovation. And I think that's what we have to keep keep reminding ourselves is um, it's the pinnacle of motorsport. Um, and you, you can have the systems on, but the bit that makes the car go the quickest is the downforce and how much downforce you can put the car, put on the car. The two variables on the car, which, which will never change, are the tyres and the driver. So that's why... Um, you know the innovations there and and that's why the design process is there is to design things that make it uh, to to spike's point is to make the data readable mm-hmm. so a driver's input you know did he have understeer did he not you know it's yeah he might have done but was there a gust of wind okay well maybe there's a gust of wind through one of the quick corners uh, the lesmo in in um in italy so those are the things you have you have the variant is the driver and the tires. The tires degradate, so you put them on and they only get worse. It's how long you can keep them in the window for. Um, and that's the brilliant thing about F1 is it's so quickly, you know, it develops so quickly. There's not one car that will be on the grid next weekend for the Austrian Grand Prix that will have everything the same on it as it did this weekend. Fact, you know, <laughs> even the smaller teams like my Russia, every Grand Prix. We sometimes had 20 different things on the car from downforce to software upgrades to a flick up on the driver's helmet. You know, it could be anything. So um, that 
that's what makes it really interesting for me. That's the bit I kind of miss is the innovation and the technology that's there. And I personally don't think it should change. And that's why we're here today, because we love it. Yeah, I think you're right. I went down a different path earlier, but I think that that's the reason that we all get involved in it. So I can't argue with that. Well, guys, we are out of time, but but we're going to do this all again next Sunday morning in uh, back back in Austria again for the Steinmark GP. They're calling it the uh, Steinmark instead of the Austria. The no, the Styrian. Oh yeah, Styria, Mark. That's right. It's, that's it's right. The name of the region of the mountains. <laughs> that's hey. right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks to Spike Colbecker for coming on, buddy. Good luck with your season and your career. And thanks for all the callers that called in. And we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Happy trails. Happy days. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.